0: Together we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, we give you permission to do what you desire. Lord, make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil for your gospel, that it may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate these scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Who do you say that I am? These words that Jesus asked his disciples, he asked the apostles, who do you say that I am? This question not only for them, but for us. Is one of the most important questions we can be asked. Because how we answer it determines our relationship with the Lord and really the trajectory of our life. Who is Jesus? You know, he at first asked them, then who do people say that I am? Whether well, some say you're Moses and some say you're Elijah, some say you're John the Baptist. And again, that question turns to them who do you say? Who do you say? You know, I was a Catholic kid and grew up cradle Catholic, went to Catholic school, very Catholic, rural community, knew all the things, heard all the things. But I don't know how much I really, really, really knew him. I really knew the Lord asked me, like, who do you say that I am? I could give the answer, and I believed in God. I believed in Jesus. But this question that he puts before us, because if we answer, like, Peter, when Peter said, "Lord, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, like, that has implications, That if we believe that, then how we respond to Jesus and how we live our life is, is, is important. Because to say, you're the Lord, like you're the Messiah, you are God incarnate. Then what that means is that like if I really believe that, then the only just, true, or right answer is to give my entire life to him. And to go wherever He desires me to go, to live how He desires me to live, like that's that's the only right answer is the full gift of my life to Him. If I've come to understand that that's who He is, so the question that Jesus is posing to us is this: Who do we say? Who do we believe that he is? People say lots of things about Jesus. He was an imaginary figure. Jesus was some prophet. He's one moral teacher among many moral teachers. As Catholics, we believe what Peter says. He's the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And, and Jesus says very, very quickly Simon, son of Jonah, right? That was, that was Peter's name. His given name was Simon. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Like, you do not know this by your own understanding or reasoning. It is the Father who has given you this. It is the Spirit of God who has revealed this to you. And I can tell you from my own experience and from walking with people for the last 12 plus years as a priest, that it is one thing to know the answer in our head and it is another thing to have it confirmed in the depth of our soul who the Lord is. And I I remember, I remember my sophomore year at this university asking all the deep questions and then having this experience of who the Lord was and His love for me in a way that I had never experienced before. And then what happened in, in, in those moments after that was like, okay, oh my gosh, like Jesus is more real to me now and I feel... More loved by God than I ever have in my entire life. And what happened to Peter, what happened to Peter in that moment was that that deeper knowledge of who Jesus was, then immediately the Lord says, "Then come and follow me this way." Peter had already encountered Jesus. We go back to the beginning of the gospel. We're in chapter 16 right now, we go back to the beginning. And then he's fishing, and that was the—that was at least the second time that Jesus had encountered Peter. And he said, "You know, there's the miraculous catch of fish, and Lord, I'm, I'm unworthy." And Jesus says, "Come and follow me, and I will make you fisher of men." It says he left everything and followed him. Like there's a deeper knowledge. There was this meeting of Jesus and then a deeper knowledge of who he was and then a leaving everything to follow him. And even as he's following him in this way, there's a deeper knowledge of who Jesus was, a deeper encounter, and then a deeper following, a deeper call, like a new call from the greater depth of knowledge that you know what, Peter? Yes, you have followed me and you're one of my disciples and you're one of my apostles, but now that you know me in this way, then I say to you, Simon, now you are Peter. You are rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And then it says he gave him the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And what you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and what you loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now at that moment, all the people who knew the Jewish scriptures who were there, so the disciples, right, they're like, are you? Do you guys see what's happening? Jesus just made Peter his prime minister. Today's first reading, maybe it sounds a little weird, kind of out of context, but Isaiah 22, we see that in the Davidic kingdom, there was king. There was a king, right? King David, and then the king's behind him. But underneath the king was the prime minister who held the keys of the kingdom. So that when the king was gone, when the king was on a journey, wherever he may be, That the prime minister spoke with the authority. He held the authority of the king with those keys. And what we see is Isaiah, where the Lord is telling Shebna, who was the prime minister at the time, like, hey, bro, you're not doing your job well, so give me the keys and give me the cloak, and I'm giving them to someone else. That it was a position that was passed down. It wasn't just for one person. And so Jesus is the new king. He is the true king. And so he's saying, hey, when I am not around, essentially when I ascend to the Father, Peter has the keys. I'm giving him the grace and the authority to speak and to act on my behalf. Now we could go through a whole class, and there's lots of stuff about the Pope and the papacy and all those things, um, But that's for another homily, another day. What I I want us to understand for today is that as Peter, we're we're looking at the life of Peter here, and there's a knowledge of Jesus and then a vocation to follow, to be with him. Then there's a deeper knowledge and then a deeper vocation to follow. And then now there's a greater knowledge of who Jesus was as the Messiah, as the Son of God. And in that moment, then Jesus is like, yes, and this, this is how I want you to ultimately follow me. This is how I desire for me to live in you. So Jesus is asking us this question. Who do you say that I am? Who do we say that he is? Let us ask the Holy Spirit to come and to reveal to us more deeply, the face in the heart of Jesus, then in that deeper knowledge of Him, then we will hear the deeper call follow me here, walk with me here, be my hands and my feet in this particular way in which no one else can be my hands and feet. So, what are the practical steps? the same as they always are. To come to that deeper knowledge of Jesus means that we have to spend time with Him. And the primary place, two places for us to be spending time with the Lord daily is in the Word of God, the sacred scriptures which reveal to us who God is. And then in the Most Holy Eucharist, That that is Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity. And as we come daily before the Lord in the Scriptures and spending time with the Lord in the tabernacle, in the Most Holy Eucharist, in, in Eucharistic adoration, then there's we won't feel it every single day or all the time. But over time, there's this greater depth of knowledge. And in that greater depth of knowledge, a greater realization and understanding of our vocation, of our call. You know, every year, as priests ordained in the U.S., they, they ask them questions, like tons of questions. They do this huge survey. One of the questions that they ask is, what are some of the spiritual practices you did before you went into seminary, like as you were discerning, as you were getting to know the Lord? And guys say, well, I was in a Bible study. I went on mission trips, daily mass, the rosary. I pray with scripture, service work. But the number one answer every single year and it's usually at around 80% of guys that went to Eucharistic adoration. Being in his presence and getting to know him, then there is an, an awareness of a deeper call because it comes from the relationship. And I, I'm convinced that, okay, this survey is just about guys who are being ordained priests, but uh, it's the same Jesus in the Eucharist no matter who shows up. So all of us are going to understand and live our vocation more deeply if we're coming. All of us. Let us come to the Lord in the Scriptures. Let us come to the Lord in the Holy Eucharist. And He will reveal His face and His heart to us. And from that we will come to a deeper knowledge of who He is. And then walk with Him and go with Him in the vocation that He has called us to. And this doesn't happen. For Peter, this, in, this encounter with Jesus was a personal encounter, but it happened in the community of believers. It happened in the community of the disciples. So our call to follow the Lord is never alone, but always in the community of the church, in a particular community. And for us, it is here at Christ the King. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let us ask him reveal your face to me reveal your face to us and let us say yes to wherever you are calling us to go with that in mind um, a little bit of a transition here this is sign up Sunday at CTK it's a little bit different this year normally we have cards but if you see now they are little QR codes on the front of your chair or on the back of your chair if you're there you can scan that so this is the time where you can take your phone out at mass it's great Scan that, and we would love to have you um, just sign up. Whether you want to get information about what's going on, because this semester is different from others, and so we're not going to have as many big events or different things, but there are going to be we be smaller groups that are there. Although we will be doing some big events like Encounter, um, like a Rise. But if you want to get involved in a small group Bible study, which I tell you, maybe you've seen the video that we put out the last week of Hugh Tran. That is the way the big community of Christ the King gets small, and that is the way, like Peter, in the midst of the disciples, just chewing, right, chewing on the Word of God together, stumbling along the way, that is great power in doing that. If you want to be involved in one of the liturgical ministries here, which we need, we need more ushers, we need more extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion, electors, and so we just encourage you um, to, to strongly and prayerfully consider engaging in that ministry. We are doing a new thing this semester for musicians that we have uh, Greg Boudreau from the Vigil Project who's gonna be walking with musicians in, in deeper formation within the mind and the heart uh, of uh, what it means to play music within the Mass, outside of the Mass. Um, it's gonna be, be a really cool thing. For our adults, um, you can sign up for, for uh, a Bible study as well rcia confirmation for anyone a student we already have 15 plus people signed up for rcia that's for folks who are thinking about becoming catholic Um, our hispanic ministry our ladies fighting tigers for our adults so many things so we just want to encourage you to take a little bit of time now on your phone again you can click that qr code or or scan it or you can go to our website ctklsu.org to sign up we'll have it'll be open for the entire week I really want to strongly encourage folks, if you haven't been in a small group Bible study, to, um, to jump in there. Because story after story after story, both students and adults who have told me that their faith has been transformed there, um, I, just, I just hear it all the time.